This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, welcome to No Halos Here. This is Jen Lang and Jane Stark. We're here to bring you another episode of No Halos Here the podcast for people who are sick of wearing the halo of perfection and might just want to remove it. So that would be us as well. Yep. (laughs) So in today's episode, we thought we would riff on this topic that has multiple forms in both of our lives and probably in your life as well. And it's generally we're calling it following the energy. And We'll get into more detail about what that is, but it's kind of working with what's in front of you in the now. And we've got some great examples of how this plays out in our lives. And I'm going to ask you to open up first, Jane, about how this how this pattern shows up and like the, like the havoc it can cause in our lives and in our psyches when we don't work with the energy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've got lots of examples. For that, um, happy to say that most of them are in the past now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, how has it shown up? So I think we part. One of the examples that kind of got us going on this this subject was uh, I was sharing something uh, that I'd come across about a parenting example where a mother was saying that she was struggling with her young daughter. She didn't want to get herself dressed in the morning, even though she's completely capable of doing so. And you know, the mom was getting really frustrated and using all the typical parenting tactics that many of us have have been known to use bribery, natural consequences or not natural consequences. Um, and nothing was really working. And so every morning was a battle. And it brought me back to when my girls were younger. My girls are now nine, almost nine and 11. Uh, but when they were younger, I went through a very similar stage where you know my (laughs) seven-year-old she's gonna listen to this and be like mom my (laughs) seven-year-old at the time um you know wanted my like wanted me in her room getting dressed and all the things and it's it's such a it's so frustrating and so hard because you're at that time especially too I was working my husband was working and traveling and so there was a lot of mornings where I was single parenting it and trying to get everyone out the door to school and to work and whatnot and so I would get really frustrated and pull out all the different tactics or start yelling or whatever the thing and what I've realized now and what I thankfully learned through supportive therapy and coaches and whatnot was the idea of following their energy and I had to sort of stop and go, why am I battling this? Like, what, what is it that's, that's, you know, got me locked in such a frame of mind that it has to look a certain way. And so this, this mother that was sharing this, you know, that was immediately when I read it, my heart went out to her because I'm like, yes, I've, I've been there. And right away, it just, it brought up some questions like, 
what's so bad about helping your six-year-old daughter get dressed? Why are we, you know, why does it feel hard? Why are we against it? Why was I, yeah. why did I get so frustrated by it in the moment? And, you know, for me, I had to reflect on it and there was a lot of layers of things, right? There was judgment. Well, my, my daughter is seven, you know, she should be able to get it. Should. The shoulding really showed up, right? like The shoulding shows up. Yeah. She should be able to get herself dressed. And what I was finally able to come around to is what if this is just her way of asking for my presence, asking for my attention, needing, you know, going with what she needs. And what if I could go with that? What if like, is it so bad to get her dressed every mm -hmm. morning? Um, you know, it was a battle if I didn't. So it actually was taking longer. It was counterproductive to what I was, you know, when the time thing would come up and it'd be like, I don't have time for this. It's like, well, then just yep. sit with the kid and get her dressed because it's yeah. going to make things go a lot faster. So just it was it's an interesting just one example of when we're fighting something yeah. and trying to go against it, looking at the deeper thing there of like, what is this actually showing or asking me? to do. And what if I could actually come alongside doesn't mean that we have to, you know, just go along with everything or do the thing that yeah. um, we don't want to do, but what if we could kind of come alongside it? And I think it's a little bit, we'll go deeper, but you know, the energy we're talking about, right. And this idea of flowing with energy rather than fighting it all the time. I feel like we tend to, as a society, we fight things. Yeah. Oh, we're constantly battling we fight them all the time and they're, um, it's, I think even this is might even be a bigger layer and a bigger, deeper thing is that we're taught that we have to fight for this or fight for that. And so if it's yeah. not a struggle, then it's not worth fighting Worthy. for, yeah. right? So there's all these concepts of worth and struggle. And if you haven't struggled enough, then it's not worth, the payout isn't worth it. And we mm -hmm. see this in hustle culture, which, um, I've so we're both oh so God. firmly against so firmly against oh it just like even the word hustle makes me cringe for I, myself yeah. it's just oh and uh but we also see this because it's hustle culture ignores then I'm just not talking about just business it's like our entire society is built on hustle culture working hard for the outcome and the this whole concept of working hard which actually completely disregards the energy of the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual in the moment. And this is kind of the core of what we want to address here because it can show up in parenting. It can show up in your workplace. It can show up for yourself. Your relationships. Your relationships. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's like every marriage is work. Like that's such a big oh, lie. To work hard, to have Ugh. a relationship with hard work. A right? relationship is hard work. Like, can we just can we just drop that narrative right now? Yes, there are moments of, I think, exposure and vulnerability, and um, moments when you're out of sync with one another that take a bit more care, attention, compassion, and understanding. And yeah, it might result in a disagreement or a fight, but it doesn't have to be hard work to be a meaningful, worthwhile, and um, like fulfilling relationship. And that's yeah. one of the pieces. And it's so interesting, like you brought up, I'm sure every parent listening can empathize with the child dressing 
experience. I'm not a parent of a child, so I have like I can I've seen it. I've witnessed it with family and with loved ones. I've seen it. You know, I helped my nephews. I lived with my sister and my nephews for right. a year, and I walked them to school in the morning. And I get it. I've seen it. I was like, Hunter, put your socks on. Put your socks on. Put your socks. Like, how many times do I have to say, put your socks on? <laughs> like, it's like get your socks on so we can go to school. And I was like, if yeah. you get them on, then we can go and spend more time in the woods, and I can point out more of the mushrooms to you and more of the trees. You know, so. It's, it's again that dance of piquing the curiosity of the child, piquing the curiosity of the moment and working with the energy so that you can get that outcome that works for all of you. Yeah. And I think another interesting, so yes, a hundred percent. And I, there's that angle. And then speaking as a parent, as a mother, and the other side of it for me was that I really had to take a hard look at myself and my beliefs, right? So my one of my daughters well both of my daughters are very um they're they're both very sensitive but they you know one of them i remember when she was younger and she was still wanting me to kind of do everything for her or you know stick really close by my side and i remember having these thoughts of this isn't the way it's supposed to look this isn't how i see other kids mm. you know whatnot or whatever and now she's like I was worried that maybe I was going to have this child who was never going to have her own independence or never going to get dressed, I guess, at the time. <laughs> and now it's like she's what I did. What I Luckily, like I say, I, I, I was able to intuitively start to peel back the layers of my own judgments and my own thoughts of what things should look like and actually see yeah. what she needed and give her what she needed. And what she needed was even more of my presence. And once she... I mean, this is, it's its actually kind of, I don't want to go into parenting stuff too much here because I'm by no means a parenting expert, but it is a bit in the attachment theory of parenting, right? She needed that attachment. She needed that ability to feel safe and seen just not even as a child, but everybody, we all need this. Yeah. Once we're safe, once we're seen, once we're recognized, then we will fly the nest. Yeah. And she's flying the nest as a typical normal child would now. But I really had to look at my own stuff and peel away and decondition what I thought certain things should look like. So it's, it's that balance too, of like taking a look for ourselves. And that's why, like I say, with this, this situation that I saw with another mother sort of sharing a similar experience, my, you know, my initial thought is empathy, like, yeah, been there. And then, you know, another side of it is okay. So where's your resistance? Where's the resistance coming from? Cause it's not all coming from the child, mm -hmm. right? You've got two. So yeah, looking at those, those different energies and following that. And I think to move away from the parenting example, but to kind of continue on the same narrative, you were sharing an example for yourself, Jen, of yeah. So, so many habits of mine, I mean, you could call it like a typical university student experience where I would leave my papers quite often to the last day or the last week. I would be doing research sort of as, but when it came to the actual writing, I worked under that pressure. Uh, but to the point where I would ignore my body's signals for hunger or for sleep or for rest mm -hmm. And that's fine. Again, that might some might say that's part of the university experience and figuring out your boundaries around what's, you know, what's possible. In fact, I wrote one of my best essays, short essays between 2am and 6am one night. <laughs> and yeah, I got one of the highest marks. And it was such mm -hmm. a because I just had this aha, this click. 
So there, there is some merit sometimes to going into a different mm, headspace or energetic headspace to see a project through. Where the subtle distinction lies in this discussion of following the energy is, I'll give some very personal real life examples around, you know, I used to push myself physically to a lot of limits and I'd always be so busy all the time. I would fill my time. I was like, I have, I'm going to be accomplished. And I was working two jobs and having a great social life and also, you know, learning and studying on the side. And one year I got sinusitis three times in six months. And the Mm -hmm. third time, you know, the third time my medical doctor wanted to give me prescription drugs. And I was like, and the last time I'd had them, I was, I had really bad stomach upset. And so I thought, okay, I need to change. And at no time did my medical doctor ever say, you need to change some behaviors. Ever. But the third time I went to a naturopathic doctor, the first time I'd ever gone. And yeah, I got some supplements and some other pieces, but he had a very honest talk with me about, well, what's what's going on in your life? About, you know, what what kind of behaviors are you are you allowing or putting into your life. And it was this completely overriding narrative of, I need to be busy to be valuable. I need to have two jobs and work my way through. And this is like, well, we're talking, you know, 15 to 20, 20, more than 15 years ago now, it's probably closer to 20 years ago that I had this wake up moment of my own awareness and pushing through this energy. In the past six years as an entrepreneur, I've had a chance to explore that through a different lens. And I've noticed that, um, for me, I actually get very tired at 930 at night. I get that's my like ideal bedtime. Just just take myself to bed. That's when my brain shuts down. But if sometimes I've caught myself pushing through projects, or I'm like, Oh, I just want to get this done, or I just need to get my end of day review. And it's that little word, just, I just mm-hmm. need to do this. Another should I, another should I just, just need to should. take care of this before bed. Yeah. And then I stay up just one more thing so I can tick that off my list. And then Mm -hmm. I ignore those bedtime signals. And then I stay up a little later. And then I get tired. And that's, you know, I'm sure everybody can empathize isn't quite the right word, but see a little bit of themselves in that pattern. Where the like, I actually haven't done my end of day review for the past three nights, because a, I've been tired, I've had a really busy day, and I don't want to look at a screen or a little piece of paper or a notebook again. And so I just flipped the lid down on the computer and I went to bed. And it was exactly the break that I needed. That's the follow the energy. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, yesterday, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning, 4.45. And I was like, my brain was going. My body was sort of restless, but I was very much awake. You know, sometimes I've woken up early and mm-hmm. you're kind of like, no, I just don't want to get up. I'm just awake. But this, yeah. there was no question in my mind, uh, in my body that I was like, nope, you have to get up and you have to write this stuff out because there are some big things coming through for you. So I went out and I got up, I journaled, I journaled, I did some spiritual practice, I did more journaling, and it was like two and a half hours of writing out ideas and reflecting and resting. This energy kick lasted all day. In fact, yeah, I had two client calls that were, again, full of energy, lots of inspiration, lots of new ideas. And this was following the energy. 
I could have shut it down and said, no, no, I should. I should just go for a walk and rest. (laughs) But this was like, really, I worked with the energy. And then Mm -hmm. I ate a bunch of potatoes for dinner and sat down and like, (laughs) just chilled out. (laughs) Because it was kind of one of those. So yeah, follow the energy pieces. Yeah, I was just going to ask, how do you how do you stay conscious to that? Or like, what have you, what has shifted for you? How do you navigate that now that you sort of said you've had your awakening from say 15, 20 years ago? What are some things that you notice in your... So I wouldn't say that like when I saw that naturopathic doctor, it wasn't like somebody flicked a switch and I was like, oh, I know my energy now. And it's just, it's changing habits and becoming aware of those. Like it's never just as simple, that we're just again, it's never as simple as simply flicking a switch. However, it's the, that might be the first flick of the switch that takes you down a different path of awareness of one's energy. And, you know, I come from a background of both, like I'm a black belt in karate, I'm trained as an opera singer. So this level of perfectionism and drive and willpower, discipline, like really self-disciplined. And at the same time, so I had to become aware that my self-discipline didn't override my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs. Oh, that's super interesting, right? So it's it's an easy thing to do. From a conditioning perspective, like that discipline is rewarded in our culture completely right to have not yeah. not necessarily from a, a parenting perspective but like from a having self-discipline completely I, I, I don't know I feel I can totally catch myself in my head being like oh there's value to that you should be you know yeah. I have a lot of catch myself oh, you're so self-disciplined you yeah you know and I I don't believe I don't find see it's funny I don't even know if this is going to be a story that, that I need to unpack but like I would say I'm not a super self-disciplined person and so, but I have to say, you know, and what if that's okay? Maybe it's totally okay. okay. Right. You can be, so. you can, you can be or self-identify because our, our previous episode was all about labels and mm-hmm. introverts and extroverts. But if you identify as a self-disciplined person and you have a natural tendency to self-discipline, then that's a great way to bring your work and your energy and your being into the world. But even if you don't, it doesn't mean well, if that I don't, what you bring I'd be to in that forcing energy. Yeah, so exactly. Again, we're back to this thing, right? If I yeah. don't, and I have done that, like I have tried yeah. where I'm like, oh, again, putting on the should hat, it's like, mm-hmm. well, I should be more disciplined. And then I'm into the forcing again. And then yeah. that energy never works for me. Yeah. It, you know, it's that force and flow. Like, so that's a really interesting. It's an interesting distinction that it's also, I think it's also tied to human design a little bit yes, as we, we've sure. referenced that. In fact, Jane and I were both projectors, but we're different types of projectors. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of my indicators is that I'm, I'm inconsistent yet self-disciplined. Mm-hmm. And so I can see those patterns in my life now looking back where I will be self-disciplined for a period of time and then I will drop it completely. I used to feel guilty about that, but now I don't because again, I'm following the energy. Mm-hmm. So I find I this- always go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I noticed now that we kind of reflecting back on this, I've always said that I'm like a in moderation person. I've never been, and now it makes more sense as to why that like, it's interesting to looking back on our, my life before I kind of had a bigger 
understanding of these types of concepts because I was always I've always been a moderation person and I've never like I'm I you know I'm never the one to be like yeah I'm gonna do 30 days of this and I'm gonna do this challenge and that challenge and whatnot it just doesn't I've always a little been a little bit more no in moderation now there are certain things like even right now I'm doing some stuff with my own health that is taking more discipline but it's coming from a different energy yeah it's coming there's a deeper desire and motivation and kind of why that so that's another kind of interesting nuance to look at oh yeah so what is the motivation so there's one might say and this could be your experience as a listener it's like how consistently do you listen to certain podcasts and Mm -hmm. why do you feel like you need to listen to every episode of someone's creation in order to have a deeper understanding? And do you notice that if you haven't listened to the episode, you go back because you want to listen or you go back because you should listen because it means you've completed the whole set? Interesting. It's so many ways that this pattern of following the energy can show up. And at its, I think at its most basic level is how are you feeling right now and what activity best in lo- aligns with exactly how you're feeling right now? Mm. Yeah, that coming back to the present moment and and then following, you know, we talk a lot about taking that next inspired action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it kind of it comes comes into to that. Yeah. So we'd love to hear from you listeners about your experiences with if you're even aware of this pattern in yourself because there's also another angle could this to this might be you know we always hear about how hard it can be to motivate oneself to exercise and that i think that's another narrative as well that's an interesting one yes where we know we should or finding your energy so that's i can give an example for that one oh yeah let's hear it i well, so I have learned that, you know, I am not the runner, intense yeah. cardio exerciser. What works with my energy and what feels good is more yoga, Pilates, um, spinning. I enjoy, I can kind of get on a bit more on board with like that type of stuff, but yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to run a marathon. I'm not going to, you know, start I've, I've done, but I've tried that. And that's where, so I've, because, and I've always, I want to say I've always failed, (laughs) but is it failure? Is it failure? Um, But yeah, so again, with my energy, right? And now I know, and I've actually done some research again, um, using a couple of different frameworks that according to research, actually, yeah, no, my energy, the way I am designed is not to be doing high intensity. Yep. uh, Exercise on a regular basis. I am, I need to move my body. Yes. Every day. And I need to, you know, I definitely need to move lymph and, you know, mm-hmm. so whether that's like rebounding or, you know, for some it is running. It's, you know, I'm, I know projectors have a slower, like, again, if you're using human design, projectors are the ones that are meant to sort of have a slower but, uh, exercise pattern, but that doesn't mean you can't do those things. But anyways, back to my point. Um, <laughs> But I've noticed that over the years. And I so, again, bought into this narrative that I should be at the gym. I should be, you know, breaking a a sweat every day or Mm -hmm. 
three to five times a week. Like that's what I should be doing. And now it's so freeing yeah. for me to understand and be like, actually, no, yoga feels really good for me and totally. to my body or like a really long walk in nature is what I need. Yeah. And so following that and my body responds better. Everything just, again, yep. everything responds better, right? So yeah, it's very sneaky where all these things come in. And then I, and I always say we're all, I mean, we're all individuals, right? So yeah, that's not to say that for some people it is a run and they're like, a walk does nothing for me. I need to like run yeah. and sweat it out. Awesome. Yeah. Follow that. Just note to you, you will never see Jane and I running unless we're running from the zombies. Okay. <laughs> so like, this is, this is, I you know, true. <laughs> Yeah. You will never see us running unless it's from the zombies or <laughs> or a little dog with the kids or the dogs. You know that's about right. the extent of it. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I remember I was so excited to find karate when I was in university because I hated phys ed in school and I couldn't wait to get out of PE. Mm-hmm. And it was again because it was all very cardio based team sports, rah rah rah. Again, the same sort mm-hmm. of hustle type energy that pervades our culture also pervaded phys ed classes and and can sorry can I make I, a, a yeah note, go ahead a note here just because I don't want it to seem like we're like anti well I am somewhat anti-hustle culture but like <laughs> but anti that anti that energy right because yes again we know that everybody has different energetic makeups and so for some people that team sport that raw 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 like that fires totally. them up and yes. fuels them so if that is you this is not about making that like yes. none of it is wrong, right? This is about opening up to the fact that we are all unique individuals, but also yeah. peeling back some of those layers and some of that societal yeah. conditioning that we've all bought into that it should look one way or another. So yeah, sorry. No, but when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, this, you know, something to be noted there. We're definitely, yeah, exactly. We're definitely all inclusive here. And if, uh, if, if, quote unquote, hustle culture gets you fired up and really works with you and your energy, then go for it. However, if you are that person and you're questioning the toll it's taking on yourself or your life or you can't, something isn't fitting Mm -hmm. well or in alignment with you, then maybe working in that energy isn't working for you and you need to take a closer look. Or looking at the why. Why are you operating in that energy? Is yeah. it because that's totally your energy and aligned or is it oftentimes there's a lot of, you know, self-worth stuff under that. So Yeah, and the other yeah. angle of that is also what is it what's expected of you and is that expectation externally implied or or both internally and externally expected? So mm-hmm. there's so many facets to this follow the energy piece, but I think humanity as a whole, as a collective, will be so much happier, healthier, and more balanced when we work with our own innate energy in any given moment, whether it's dressing our kids for school, or writing an essay, or going to karate. And you know, like, even simple example, the other week, I was supposed to be at an online karate class at 4.30. And I was reading on the couch at four o'clock. And I was just like, I'm, my body needs to rest. I was like, and I gave myself that extra half hour and I showed up late 15 minutes for the online class, but I knew that it was the right thing to do for my body in that moment. I allowed myself to do it. That's a good one. 
I don't like being late for class, trust me. And I, I really, that's again, like a little resistance sit piece, sit in yeah. that. But I had to sit in that discomfort of going, okay, I'd be forcing myself to get up when honestly the extra 30 minutes on the couch was exactly what I needed in that moment. So mm-hmm. I totally encourage yeah. you to pay attention to those signals and start tuning in. First, start noticing, you know, that's, this is kind of how we ought to yeah, wrap so this up. I was up. just going to ask. Yeah. What, yeah. What are some tools that we've used or that we can leave people with to at least help bring this up into the, into our awareness? So yeah, noticing. Yep. Noticing. Um, usually the signals will show up in your physical body first. Um, if you feel a little bit of fatigue or you're clumsy or you're mixing up your words, um, all these signals, and usually that's when we go for the cup of coffee right at three in the afternoon. And there's a whole, that's a whole other conversation. So the noticing is the first piece and usually shows up in your physical body. The second step, you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, I mean, so second step or another, yeah, another. we talked about it's sort of the deconditioning or uh, peeling back the layers. Like for me, like I, I sort of shared here, a lot of it was the noticing, bringing it to my awareness and then, okay, what am I going to do with this? Yes. So whether it's, uh, so it's it's kind of doing like we're hearing a lot of right, but it's doing the work. And yeah. so whether that be talking to your therapist about it or working with a coach or journaling, you know, doing your own going into your own reflective practices, whatever tools you have to help excavate what is maybe underlying some of these things like like I shared in the beginning with my parenting stuff, right, I had to really look at what what am I buying into? What constructs have I, or beliefs mm-hmm. do I have here about the way things should look? And is it working for me? <laughs> like I really yeah. had to ask that, right? Like, is this working for me? No. So then why am I continuing to do it? Why do, why can't I change things up? So, um, so yeah, it just was really doing some of that work and committing to the part. I feel like it's an important thing. It's easy to bypass these things and go, Oh yeah, I noticed this or that. And then not really do anything about it. it. And in my experience, it's, it's truly been me doing something about it and it doesn't have to be, it's not, Oh, I need to run out and hire a counselor or a coach necessarily. There's lots of different ways to do that, but finding your tools or reaching out to somebody and asking for help or support or calling a friend and talking through it. But Definitely yeah, starting to question. <clears throat> questioning, yeah, questioning why you're doing things a certain way is a good way to think it after the noticing or in accompaniment with the noticing. And then after you've sort of been doing some of this excavating, allowing, like the general concept of allowing. So allowing new ways to do things to come forth, allowing mistakes, experiment, um, Use your curiosity, a sense of play or fun to bring new ways of being and new ways of working with your energy into your life without judgment. Yeah, that's that's the key. Yeah, curiosity versus judgment. One of the best things I ever learned from my coaching program. Approach everything with curiosity. Yeah. Ask, like, ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I bought into this? Is it working for me? Like there's so many questions. The lens of curiosity is so powerful. Totally. Totally. I think that's, that might be a good place to I think end it's good on. Place, a good place to curiosity wrap up. Curiosity versus judgment. And that's how you right. follow the energy. Mm-hmm. Follow the energy with that concept of curiosity rather than judgment. Cool. On that note, 
we'll wrap right. it up. We'll see you again soon. Anything else will pop into the show notes. We'd love to hear from you about your perspectives on following, working with your energy versus not quite working in alignment with your energy. We've got some great stories. We'd love to hear them. And until next time, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation. If you loved this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.